right, and welcome back for another episode of the Sports Department Podcast with Justin Valentovic, Stephen Bologna, Stephen Clark, and Anthony Walker. And the 2021 MLB tread deadline has come and passed. It's been one of the more active ones that we've had in recent memory. A lot of stars got moved, quite frankly, and a lot of teams are really bad now because they had to sell off basically their entire championship teams in the Cubs and the Nationals. So just add them to the shit list of bad teams in the MLB. So before we get into all those blockbuster deals that have been made, guys, what's going on? I mean, Clark's usually the first one to say hi, but I'll change well, it Well, usually it's me when we do wrestling because Jesse just gives me the floor. Just, you just budge in and always talk about your life. It's, this is my first time back in a while. I don't think I have the right to say hi first. Well, you know, things, uh, things are going well. Great trade deadline. A lot of unexpected moves and then there was a lot of moves that we kind of expected and some moves that didn't happen that we uh, expected but a lot of big names in new places and a lot of world series past world series champions unfortunately tearing it down just sad to say go ahead walk how you doing i mean like i'm happy i like was like this is the most exciting trade deadline i think we've had in a while from just a star standpoint so many stars got moved uh, you know, you got Scherzer, Turner, um, you got Gallo, obviously, Rizzo, you know, just going down the list. Even you got some previous stars like Solaire and stuff like that. So I think it's really fun. I mean, a lot of selling, a lot of, a lot of fleecing too. We'll get into that. So, no, I, I, I'm honestly really happy with how everything went. So let's just rip the Band-Aid off and start with the Yankees because it's going to be... <laughs> Rip the Band-Aid off. Jesus, let's just, let's just get it out of the way and get it over with. The wow. main acquisition of the deadline was of course andrew heaney they got the pitcher they yes. they needed the lefty that they've been searching for you ready for also, i'm gonna read all these stats real quick you ready you ready for ready. it and no, no it's not gonna be I'm not, well, they, I'm they, not they also got joey gallo and anthony rizzo just a side note on the yankees tread deadline so, and joey rodriguez and clay holmes and clay holmes you can't forget okay. good holmes. point good point how did i not mention them first god that <laughs> baffles my mind but obviously the two big names being anthony rizzo and joey gallo they get the lefties they much needed for the short porch at yankee stadium and significant defensive upgrades over voight at first and basically anyone in the outfield other than judge for joey gallo and some pitching depth for andrew heaney to eat some innings for joey gallo they sent four prospects over mid-tier prospects about halfway down the top 30 for the Yankees don't really remember what they sent for Rizzo and Andrew Heaney was basically nothing so the Yankees didn't completely unload the farm as Volpe Peraza or I think that's his name the Oswaldo yep yeah and Dominguez of course who we can basically all assume will never be moved from the Yankees all stayed put so Cashman made some savvy moves. The teams, you know, giving away their players basically just ate salary in order to get bulk prospects to replenish the farm system. So initially good moves for the Yankees. It fills the needs. But the one biggest question is they still have Voight. So now he moves to the bench because really Rizzo should be your everyday first baseman. Yeah. You know, before Walker goes in, you know, I know Walker's a big Stanton guy. What would probably have to happen is Stanton plays left and Voight has to DH. That's honestly the only way that you can make that work unless you just bite the bullet and put Voight on the bench. I thought they were going to trade Voight, but they didn't. Um, Good trade deadline. I'm glad to see Brian Cashman being his old self kind of and going for it, which, 
know, the year was almost a lost cause at one point, but now it seems that they're a little bit back on track. One last night, Anthony Rizzo, first home run in the Yankee uniform. Joey Gallo 0 for 4, but, you know, <laughs> uh, again, I, I wasn't expecting major things. Um, good job by Texas, you know. You know, we see with Colorado not moving story. Texas was like, he's not coming back here. So let's just get rid of him. And they got a, some solid prospects for him. Apparently they're pretty high on him. And Andrew Heaney, late before the deadline, not the best pitcher, but any kind of pitching will help in the postseason. So I think it's a, I think it was a A. I'll give it the, the grade an A, just getting the two lefty bats you needed. Um, solid deadline for me. I almost like the Rizzo move a little bit more than Gallo, even though he's only a half year rental. He's a little bit more consistent of a hitter than Gallo and a defensive upgrade at first base. Yeah. Gallo, very good in the outfield. We know that. And he's had experience in, in the corner infield. So if anything happens, he could slot over somewhere if need be. But he just fits the mold of the Yankees where it's home run or bust. Like you said, he went 0 for 4 with a few strikeouts already. And yeah, he'll hit bombs, but it, those it's really that or nothing at this point. So that's where I like Rizzo where he'll actually hit for, you know, a little more average, a little more consistent hitting too. Yeah. Rizzo's not really a strikeout guy as much as the other guys in that lineup. I mean, he's can definitely spray the ball over the field. He's not going to hit for as much power, but I mean, I like that little mix in the lineup Gallo. I've been on for, I've been a huge fan of for a couple of years now. Um, he did hit the ball hard a couple of times. You just got to hope that those you know, eventually find grass. And he's going to walk a lot. I mean, he's got three, he's got what, like a 380 on base. So like that's going to help a lot. But I mean, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I think just the fact that they got lefties in the lineup now is definitely going to, is going to help in a long way. Cause that helps everyone else in the lineup too. But um, yeah, the one, the one knock I'm going to give the Yankees here is that I didn't really want, love the idea of trading for the rentals that they traded for. Cause I, you're this, this season making the playoffs isn't a guarantee. Um, they have so a lot like, of uphill climbing to do, but the saving grace is, Gallo is here for next year. For next year, that's the big deal for me. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't love, I didn't love the idea that Rizzo was a rental. But I mean, I like the player, so I can live with it. And they didn't give up that much for him. And if Rizzo produces, they should really consider just moving Voit for any form of pitching and make a push to re-sign Rizzo at that point because this is where the team is. They're obviously going for it, and at this point, if it works, keep them together regardless of who it is. And they stole Rizzo from Boston too, which was huge. It yeah. seemed like pen to paper that he was going to Boston at one point. Yeah, um, I, I was looking at the standings a little bit today, and I saw um, Glasnow went down, so that's big um, in your division. Um, I think Yankees yeah. have a great shot of making the playoffs. So I think this is all going to work out at the end. I don't think they do win the division. Um, I think they do sneak into a wild card spot though, because like you know the wild card race is half and half. I feel like they can beat out a lot of these teams. I know Mariners made a push, and the A's made a push too, but um. It, it's going to be close when it comes to the end, but I do think they made the right move. They got the bats that they needed. And I do think this team does get a wild card spot. So it's all going to be worth it at the end for this season. Definitely an uphill battle for the Yankees, but they did make enough moves that is showing that they are willing to make that climb. So let's switch over to the other side of New York. And that is the New York Mets. Obviously they got big rich Hill. Yeah. The week, so they got their pitching depth and for, uh, three, four days, most of the week, basically, it looked like that was going to be the only move that the Mets were going to make. Obviously, obviously it seemed like everyone wanted Bryant coming to the Mets. And then two days ago, I want to say, give or take, it was, I think it was about Thursday afternoon, Javi Baez on a radio station in Puerto Rico, uh, I believe, don't quote me on that too much, basically said he wants to go play with Francisco Lindor. 
And right then and there, you kind of had a feeling he might be a Met. And Zach Scott, the general acting general manager of the Mets, pulled the trigger and got Javi Baez to the Mets, where he'll play shortstop until until Lindor comes back. And then he'll move over to either second or third base. So they get a big bat in the lineup and a very good defender. Yeah, um, it's nice. I, I, I like the move, but um, he fits in with the culture of this team, I think. I think mm-hmm. team, he's going to get along with everybody on the team. Um, him already being friends with Lindor. And um, I know Edwin Diaz all on that Puerto Rican world baseball team. So it's going to be nice little chemistry boost right there. Um, he does strike out a lot. That scares me. He's he's very home runner strikeout. So he kind of fits in very well with the team already with that too. Um, but no, they, they didn't give up much. They gave up a Pete Armstrong, which you, you don't know what he's going to be. That's the risk you take in making these trades to make your team better at this point. So um, I'm excited. I think I think it's a good move. They had to make a move because, like you said, Mets stayed quiet ever since the Rich Hill trade. And I was leaning towards, you know, almost not making a move. But um, they pulled the trigger. And I'm, I'm happy with it. I, I can't be upset at this at all. I'm you, very know, happy. you know, it's what I and Clark, I can attest to this from from being a Yankee fan the past few deadlines where they just haven't made a move. You get to the point where it's like two o'clock in the afternoon, two hours until the deadline. And you're like, just give me something exactly. like I'll take, I'll take a relief. I'll take like some borderline, like, okay, reliever, just give me something to show exactly. that you're trying. So, I mean, you know, the Mets did make a little bit of a flash move kind of towards the, uh, towards the end of the deadline. Baez hasn't been great since 2020, but I think a change of scenery could definitely help him. Uh, he, I've, I've always been a big Baez guy for a while. I, I want him to turn around cause I definitely like the way he plays, but I, like I said, I think him playing with Lindor, I think that might get the best out of him. So, you know, good move for the Mets. And then, you know, Trevor Williams, not a terrible pitcher. I mean, his ERA he'll is eat, great. But he'll he eat innings. Yeah, so, like, that's another piece that I think a lot of Mets fans are sleeping on. Rightfully so, because it's Javier Baez. You know, he's going to be the headliner. But, you know, Trevor Williams could definitely be an impact, too. Well, and the biggest thing is yeah. they kept Mauricio, Alvarez, Beatty. Like, they kept significant prospects who could be ready in a few years. And if they play it right and if they resign him, this could very well be their middle infield for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is the one knock that he is going to re- be requesting a lot of money next uh, in this offseason. So, you know, if he plays well enough, you assume Conforto gets the boot, Syndergaard gets the boot. But I, I agree with you, Clark. I One word to describe Javi Baez is electric, and he's going to really ignite this crowd in New York, have some good chemistry. Like Walker said, we haven't really seen the same Javi Baez since 2019, but a change of scenery could work. And, you know, the Mets, they needed to do something. He's going to – Javi Baez is great for that late inning, ninth inning walk-off home run to just make the crowd go wild and win that game. And he's so smooth the way he plays. So I I like the move for them. I was feeling for you, Clark. 3.30, nothing happened yet. And then you finally got the tweet that it went through. Oh, my and, God, I know. And, you know, Pete Crow Armstrong on the other side for the Cubs, solid prospect, Mets number five guy. He's still two years away. And, you know, the Cubs did kind of sell themselves short on the return for a lot of these players because they're going to be rentals. And that's kind of just how things played out. Now, Justin, question for you. Yes. Do you think the Cubs make these moves if Epstein was still in charge? I think they would have made it a year sooner because teams know you can get more value for the year plus one type of rental, the half year, and then the full year after that. So I feel like sentimentally it would have hurt a lot more to slow. I feel like maybe they would have held on to like a Rizzo to this year, 
but like a Baez and a Bryant would have been a lot smarter because we saw like let's just talk about it. Chris Bryant was traded three fifty five basically yeah. to the Giants and didn't really get much back, you know. And they I, held yeah. I, they they held on a little too long because the Cubs have absolutely nothing. Them and the Nationals are completely gutted, you yeah. know. And their windows were literally a year and it fell off. So. I think Epstein would have made different moves and that very well could have been why we kind of saw the turnover in manager with Madden and Epstein stepping down to kind of take a front office role with the entirety of the MLB was maybe he wanted to blow it up sooner. And, you know, the owner said, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And, you know, so I guess we'll stick on the Bryant trade now. I mean, that they're they're winning now. I mean, no one expected this Giants team to be making moves like this. That everyone could expect the complete opposite for them to be either selling or not even involved in the market at all. And we've seen them consistently stay basically in first place and near the top of the National League all this whole time. Um, if you would have told me that the Dodgers and the I mean not Dodgers, the Giants and the Red Sox were the best teams in baseball in almost August. I would have said you're on crack or something, but no, um, they, they made, they made a great move. They, they got better again. Didn't give up much. Like you said, waited right, right to the last second. Um, but a great move for them. That division's tough. You know, we're talking about the Dodgers, I'm assuming probably next in a little yeah. bit. Um, that division's tough. And they did what they kind of had to do to, you know, get some and, bats and, and it helps, you know, because, the Giants are in a weird place too, where they could kind of just let everyone kind of go at the end of the year because Gausman's on a one-year deal, Posey's on the way out, Longoria he's there forever, but like they eventually can have to embrace a rebuild, and if they make a semi-good playoff run, they could make a run at resigning Bryant. But if not, you know they're like, well, we tried. But also just the return that the Cubs got, they're getting they got a twenty-one-year-old who's batting two thirty-five in single leg and a pitcher. So not a great return, and that's kind of why maybe they held on too long. But at least it shows they're going for it, and he'll play third until Longoria gets back, and then they'll probably have him in the corner outfield somewhere. This is such a good move by the Giants because we all know the mega trade between the Dodgers and the Nationals and then the Padres. They even got a solid player who leads the league in hits with Adam Frazier. So the Giants had to make a move, and they went for the best guy available. and The last guy available, too. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I think Bryant's going to fit in nicely there. And who knows if he likes it and they're, they play well enough, maybe they do resign him to maybe even just a one-year deal. Who knows, but good move here by the Giants. And you know, like we said, for the Cubs, they short themselves on the return. And Chris well, Bryant, unfortunately, leaves Chicago. <laughs> it was sad. I, what I will say, though, I do like what I do like what the Cubs did overall for this trade deadline. I think they are like one of the they, – they actually are, I would put them in the winner's column here. I mean, I liked, I love the return. I like the return they got. They got, they got on Rizzo. Um, I think that was a solid two prospects they got back. Um, like I said, I don't love the Bryant return, but I love the Kimbrel return. Magical yeah. and Oyer for Kimbrel. So I, you know, especially when you know you're not going anywhere. But that even shows because Kimbrel has another year next year under right. control for the White Sox. Right. So that just shows how they literally got a major leaguer back. Which, yeah, because they're still playing them now, you know? Exactly. One of his best seasons is in his career, which is weird to say because he was bad when he first came to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it it is it is impressive what the Cubs did, but I will say two really big losers for me, and one of them is on the Cubs: Wilson Contreras and Juan Soto, because they are just they're left. They're the last yeah. ones. It's yeah. literally the Will Smith Fresh Prince of Bel Air meme of them yeah. just standing there. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. At least the Cubs and Nationals, they said, "Okay, we're selling off, so let's just do everybody possible." 
Right. And, you know, at least they're hitting the hard reset and they'll be bad teams again. So let's talk about then the Cubs, as we said, and Campbell, that was a, that was a good move, you know, for the White Sox, they get another back end arm and a psychopath to go with Liam Hendricks. And they got the pair too. Who's another good pitcher from the Cubs. Yeah. As well. Yeah. That, that, that's scary. Cause you know, when postseason comes around, pitching is always very, very important. Especially, yeah. Bullpen pitching. Exactly. Too. And now the White Sox with that nice little one, two punch going, you know, protects a nice little one run lead for a good three innings or so. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's scary. And I can close out the game like night in, night out in the playoffs. So watch out for the Sox. So um, I, I like that. I, I like to move a lot. I, I think that's great. Um, I, I have nothing else to say about Kimbrel. I just that it's fantastic. That's a good move. Yeah. yeah. So before we go into a few other of the little tidbit trades here and there, the final significant major blockbuster was Max Scherzer and Trey Turner from the gutted Washington Nationals sent out to LA. And maybe Max Scherzer had a hand in this because for a while it seemed like the Dodgers were all set in stone getting Max Scherzer. They were getting another ace for that rotation, which is on paper very good. And then he did his 10 and 5 rule, which he gets a no trade clause, vetoed that. And then it basically came down to whoever he, where he wanted to go at that point. And the Dodgers got him and they got Trey Turner on top of it. And they have one of the best shortstops playing second base with Corey Seager, who's back. Yeah. Um, I, I want to like rewind this trade a little bit and I want to yeah. go way back to like Trevor Bauer. And I think this is what sparked almost this whole thing. Cause if, if the Bauer thing doesn't happen with, you know, all the allegations and all that crap, I don't think they get Scherzer. I think Scherzer's a Padre right now. And that's scary. So it, it's kind of like the butterfly effect of what's going on here. Cause Scherzer and the Padres were basically in talks. There were tweets. There, they were almost official at one point. Then stuff started getting redacted, and all of a sudden, stuff with the Dodgers started happening. Um, but no, they—they're the powerhouse. Like they're not even like you know the scariest team in the National League. They're the scariest team in the whole Major League Baseball right now. Um, I'm, I'm scared to burst them first round if we make the playoffs slash win the division, whatever. I'm scared if that happens. Um, I, I'd be scared. They're stacked all around the diamond. Just. Stacked in in the rotation, it, 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 it it's very scary. This they, is the, they did good. Wise, this but, is the best team we have ever seen. Yeah, I I I gotta tell you right now, the Dodgers are like my least favorite team right now because they're just the team that you want to see lose. Because this so is what sad. you guys did. This you is literally what, what the Yankees were doing yeah. in their prime. This yeah, is exactly. no, I know, I yeah. know. So yeah, and now we're on the now we're all in agreement on it. And like like you kind of almost like are rooting against them a little bit, you know. No. But uh, you're not rooting against them. No, I'm rooting Clark. Clark is. If, if they take you guys out, that's fine by me. Well, I mean, I'm not. A, I'm not expecting us to get to the World Series, you know. So, but hey. yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. In 2067. No, like, yeah, but um, like it is like, uh, and here's the thing. I I think Trey Turner and Scherzer are both likable in their own right. But I mean, yeah. like, it's not like those guys are dying to get a ring. They just got one two. They just years got ago. one, yeah. Yeah, so it's like it is what it is. I mean, I, but I will I will say on the on I will compliment the Dodgers. You're good for them because they're like, you know what. We lost one of our best pitchers. We don't care. We'll just add, you know, the start the starting all star shortstop and the National League starting. Well, pitcher. that's the thing. Like the Yankees very well could have gone out and made these types of move, right? Yeah. But we've kind of seen on interviews and reports that Hal doesn't really want to go over the luxury tax at all, basically. And the Dodgers mm-hmm. had no problem picking up the remainder of Scherzer's right. salary, the remainder of Turner's salary. They picked up like twenty million dollars in salary. Um, 
for the rest of the season. And they're at like $266 million in yeah, payroll, that's what which, I'm saying. which like, is 62 crazy, million man. above the Yankees who are at like 204. 203. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It really, and like I said, I give the Dodgers credit, but like, man, it's like, they're going to be tough. They're going to be really tough. But the thing is too, we've talked about this, you know, off on Xbox and in chat, Mm -hmm. the Dodgers will never really be a bad team because the owners have no problem spending the money Mm -hmm. and their scouting is one of the best in baseball. So between money and it just sound, it just seems like an infinite farm system of talent and prospects. They'll never run out of assets one way or another to get talent on that team. Right. I respect and, the lack of complacency. I'm sorry, but let me go. No, no, you're good. And on the Nationals, yeah, the Dodgers, they paid up, too. Yo, they yeah, they're one Kieber, and two. Pros- Kiebert Ruiz, who is a masher. I mean, this guy is a stud. And then another borderline ace with Josiah Gray, who actually made his MLB debut a few starts ago against the Rockies. So, you know, the Nationals, they knew they probably weren't going to re-sign Trey Turner. And Max Scherzer, another one. Him and his two different colored eyes. So <laughs> they get they get two top prospects for him. And you know, like you said, the Dodgers. If I, I can't see a way that they lose unless the Padres really go off. And it's also an insurance clause a little bit too, because Seager's a free agent this year. Turner's a free agent next year. So if they let him walk, they have a shortstop literally ready right. to go right and fill in. So oh. the, they're ready right away. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I think the signals the end of Corey Seager in a Dodgers uniform. I think that puts the final nail in the coffin because I think he's honestly, I think not, not only do I think there's a lack of need there. I think Seager might feel a little bit disrespected, you know? Well, you have to think too, this is almost the second time they've had to trade for a replacement because when he initially went down with, and had, I think it was his, he tore something in his elbow, right? When they, because they traded and had to get Machado. He went and played shortstop for that world Mm -hmm. series run. And now he's coming off the 60 day IL. You don't know if he'll go back on at any point. And they had to get another replacement essentially just to be safe. And what's so funny is we're talking about how amazing the Dodgers are this year. Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts are playing like hot garbage. They're so (laughs) bad. I mean, Bellinger's batting under 200 with only five home runs. I mean, something's off in his game. um, And we better hope that it stays like that, honestly, if if we want to see them lose. But they are – they're unstoppable. Unless they somehow don't win the division and some team just gets lucky in a wild card game against them, I, I can't see how they don't win it. Yeah, they're loaded and ready to go again, basically. Yeah, it's it's it, it's a dynasty there. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Yeah. And that is the serious part, though. Quickly, though, they they could be. You never know. One and done, too. Well, yeah. Look yeah. at the Cubs. We thought their window was going to be a lot more than just 2016. Granted, the Nationals stepped in it, but they had some talent around them. And yeah, they could very well fall off. Like we haven't seen back-to-back champions since like, the Yankees. Just imagine they don't win a division and they lose the wild card game. Cause you never know what happens in some of these games sometimes too. Like, like they could just have a bad pitching night. Like Bueller could be off that night or whatever. Like it, it, it could happen. And you know, what's here about that is that if that happens, Dodgers are going to sign everyone the off season after that happens. They're oh, absolutely. Harder. So, I mean, they're, they're hell bent on winning. No, it's yeah, a lose, lose for the whole that. league, no matter what. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> so let's talk about a few more little moves that here and there. The the Blue Jays went out and got some pitching. They got Jose Barrios from the Twins and Brad Hand, what a surprise, from the Nationals. So they reinforced their bullpen and get a better pitcher to help out Hunjin Renew, who's basically been the only thing other than Robbie Ray, keeping them afloat in a rotation. And they flipped newly drafted last year, Austin Martin, out to the Twins for in the Barrios deal. You can just smell the desperateness from the Blue Jays looking for a pitcher in this. 
you give up Austin Martin. Jose Barrios is a solid pitcher. Is he amazing? No. I mean, he hasn't really been that great in about two years. You trade Austin Martin. I read a report that said many scouts in the organization didn't believe he had the power to survive in the big leagues, which I don't know. I, I mean, they drafted him with the potential to be a franchise centerpiece, and you trade him in, in less than a year. I don't know. But, I but mean, they need a pitching, so I guess you got to do what you got to do. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, Justin, go ahead. Well, just on Martin, you know, he's a shortstop, second baseman, plays center field. You look at it, they're kind of logjammed. You know, Bichette's there. They're, they want him to be there for the next 10 years. You know, Simeon's had his best offensive year probably of his career with the Blue Jays. So if they were smart, they should make a push. Biggio's probably over at third. And then they have a plethora of outfielders between Grichik, Teoscar Hernandez, and George Springer in center field. Mario doesn't have a place to play within a two to three year window when he'd be ready to get called up. So they very well could have drafted him back in 2020, knowing this could be a very good trade chip just because they're loaded at the positions that he plays. And he kind of fell to them too. Cause everyone thought the Orioles were going to take him. They didn't. And now he's out in Minnesota. Here, here's yeah. the thing. I think the, the, the blue Jays, um, the blue Jays got, the blue Jays got fleeced in my honest opinion, but not because they traded Austin Martin. It's because who they traded Austin Martin for. Barrus, like Steve said, solid pitcher. I don't think he's a top of the rotation arm, but I think he, he does have that potential to have a top of rotation breakout season. But right now he's probably like a, maybe a, a probably around a two starter, maybe a three starter on a bad year. Listen, they trade Martin, they trade Simeon Woodsworth, who a lot of people are high on. Wasn't think that a Mets pro? Didn't they get him from he the was. Mets for Stroman? Yep, yep, they did. They did. Yeah. But the, 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 the catch is that. Look at that package. Look at those two headliners and look at the two headliners the Dodgers gave up, gave up for Turner and Scherzer. You probably, if you're the Blue Jays, and obviously we don't know if Turner, if, if Scherzer would have would have vetoed this deal or not. Or he whatever. was never going to Canada. I get that. But still, even Turner, you could have gotten some. But then again, where are you going to play Turner? I get that. Exactly. But no, I get that. But you could have gotten a little more than than Barrios. I don't think Barrios is worth those two guys. I if think they you went, could have attacked someone in the offseason for a better arm, maybe yeah. more controllable arm. I think they could have gone better with that. Or, you know, try to get maybe a Kepler, or they could have brought, tried to get, bring back Donaldson just as right. a fan favorite or a bench bat. Maybe Mitch Garvey, because they need a little bit of an upgrade at catcher over Reese McGuire and Alejandro Kirk. Yeah. So, like you said, they could have probably gotten a little bit more, but also maybe it was a desperation move because teams were moving in on Barrios because once right. once the Padres lost that on Scherzer, it seemed like they were going to be hell-bent on getting something then. And I don't know how the Padres didn't get Barrios, honestly. I Like, I like honestly, I'm kind of shocked that. But, I mean, then again, for that for that package, good for the Twins. You know what? One way or the other, Twins did really good this deadline because yeah. of that package for Barrios because that I, is – Twins. Got, they punched yeah. way above their weight. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, I think the twins like drove up the price themselves, kind of. Like they kind of feel like put on this influence that hey, you know, there's not many like quality starting pitchers out there. It's kind of like Berrios and Scherzer, basically, for the most part, of like top, almost top tier starting pitchers. I feel like they kind of, you know, influence teams. I know they asked the Mets for like McNeil, Francisco Rodriguez, and like two other prospects, and like obviously we turned that down, but um, yeah. no, I feel like they did it themselves, like kind of influencing the market, like the way they want to, like, Hey, there's not much out there to take what we got or we'll leave it basically. And teams that were desperate enough for the starting pitching, as we saw with the blue Jays, they gave up what they had to give up for it. Surprise Buxton wasn't moved. It sounded like he, they were surprised. getting close, but he's also been hurt 
So teams yeah. might have been worried about that. And he's not a free agent until after next year. So the Twins could just say, you know what, and hold on to him. He's always been a good player. Offseason. But this seems like this was really his first year of putting it all together. He, he was on track for an insanely good year, which I don't think that's what he is. But he he was on track for an insanely good season. So but he's let, a tall player. Exactly. And he'll probably get moved next year or yeah, in the offseason. And yeah. Last team I really want to hit on before we get into the whole Trevor story debacle was the Braves. They're still kind of going for it. And with the loss of Acuna, they traded for three corner outfielders, basically Jorge Soler, Adam Duvall, and Eddie Rosario. Rosario, they trade for Pablo Sandoval, who was immediately DFA'd. So the Indians just moved him for the sake of moving yeah, him. He had some big moments as a Brave. Yeah. Big Early yeah. on, he did. They had the whole <laughs> yeah. Panda celebration because of him, so that's yeah. going to be awkward. Uh, Duvall, I guess, will be playing center field because he has played a little bit for the Marlins, but he was with the Braves last year, so they, they know what they're getting. And Solaire is a big boomer bust bench bat for him now because they also have Jock. And they, they, got yeah, they have Jock too. That's the thing. I was gonna say that they have Jock, and, yeah. and then they get three outfields. I mean, it's good. I mean, you know, Acuna will probably be back next year. That's basically what they're trying to do. Is kind of tread water. Players kind of equal to Acuna at this point with the productivity. Um, yes. But it, it, they had to do what they had to do. Again, I, like it's not the best. You know, you, you got like low, like not really household names, like under the radar type guys, or just big bats with just power. Um, it, it's hit or miss for this team. It, it's really hit or miss. Like, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't love what they did. I mean, I think they're seller. I think they should have been sellers. They should have adopted the role as, as sellers. Once Acuna you, went down, they should have just adopted. They should right. just transitioned. And even if you weren't going to be sellers, get guys that are going to be under control for next year. You know, they got a bunch of rentals. For, you know what I'm saying? And Jock's a free agent. I think. I think all of them, ex- all except them. yeah, all of them are. Uh, I know Rosario is definitely a free agent. Yeah, that was a one-year. Duvall was a one-year. Rosario is a one-year. I don't know what Rodriguez is, what Richard Rodriguez is. It's a good back-end arm. Yeah, but, like, at the same time, like, it is, like I said, I'll never crap on a team for trying, you know? So I'll I'll, I'll give him that, but I don't know if it was the most future-looked smart move. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And they, they were close and they figured, why not? The Mets might still be the Mets and they could catch him, but who knows? Right. So before we wrap up, let's talk about who didn't get traded. And that's Trevor Story of the Colorado Rockies, where basically it seemed like he might have been a Met, maybe a Giant, maybe a Yankee. Who would have known? And as 350 rolled around, oh, he didn't get traded yet. 355. Oh, OK, maybe nothing's come out yet. Four o'clock. No Trevor Story deal in the works. OK, he's staying in Colorado. And he basically quote saying he doesn't know what happened. He's confused and he's not happy about it because now he has to finish the year out on Bleecker street or whatever the name is Blake street out there in Colorado. So he's stuck. And now he is definitely leaving as if we knew he was doing that. Anyway, this is a major black eye on the Rockies because how do you screw this one up? Listen, here's the thing is that I I guess what the half with the Rockies that they lay like the draft pick that they were going to get better than any deal that that was offered yeah but the comp i don't get you would that get it's like a third round pick it's like a third round yes, pick i don't think they know the, i don't think they the rockies it's, know it's not it, a first round pick te- anymore it's technically <laughs> it's between rounds two and three of the comp round it's the it's, second compensatory round yeah it's like i said i just you take your chance on an established prospect by then i know that's kind of an oxymoron but and you don't want to like piss off the players on your team either no especially you know one of your top guys the top guy on your team um it, it sucks and like you said the rockies fumbled the bags plain, plain and simple and um, he, he's not gonna stay he's gonna be pissed uh, it, it's gonna be a horrible end to the season for them 
they did nothing. How they not move Blackman, Marquez, Gray, anybody? Crone, Tro- uh, yeah. Gray, like they had so many guys. McMahon, McMahon that they just could have gotten Vince? an okay prospect for, and they just <laughs> held on to. Which well, the only guy they traded was Michael Gibbons, which isn't easy. It goes, baby. <laughs> but it's just like if they were looking at like the Nationals right in nineteen, how they lost Rendon to free agency, how they lost Harper to free agency. At least they won a World Series, mm-hmm. with them, yeah. and then they lift. They're not even close to the playoffs. They're not even making the playoffs because by default, they're fourth. Also, could tell Marte didn't get traded, which how that wouldn't happen. I don't know. But that's maybe next year, unless he's a free agent this year. Don't know about his contract. But they really screwed up. How, how do you not like – I'd buy everybody. Call the Mets. We'll do a package. John Gray and, and this guy for Ronnie Mauricio. Oh, okay. Perfect. I get a top ten prospect right there. You would have done that. I, 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 I just not- guess. He would have been the their number one prospect. Offer. I just get that sound of offer they're getting. I see. And, and it sounded GM. like they wanted a lot. And then when I was listening to the FAN, it was like 3.30 and because Moose and Maggie were in. And it was just like, yeah, their asking price is still a lot higher than teams want to pay, which is like, oh, no, this isn't good. You got to yeah. get – you got to understand if you're the Rockies that for a rental shortstop that's punching well below his weight this season. And that not- hits in, and a guy who's a course effect course, product. Who's the course player. Yeah. You got to understand that that – that that you know player is not going to be valued at a level of a Trey Turner. Take or, what you can and move on. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, because now you get nothing. Literally yeah. nothing. Yeah. So real quick before we wrap up, winner of the deadline, loser of the deadline. I think we all have the same winner, Dodgers. I think it's definitely my winner of the deadline. I hate to say it, but yeah, me too. No, I they, agree. They, I want to say the Yankees, but Dodgers. <laughs> that that big move blow. That, hey, the move blows it away. Most. Honestly. Yeah, Dodgers did the most. Um, I think Dodgers. Dodgers and Cubs. I think I do agree with Cubs. I'm, I'm with you on the Cubs. I think the Cubs are the biggest seller winner of the deadline. Yeah. They're also – for the, them and the Nationals could also be the biggest losers because they yeah. lost their entire teams. And uh, Yeah, if, the, and if those guys don't work out, then, you know, we're, we're going to look back and say, wow, I mean, they could have done better. Yeah, that that's my loser. You said it right there, Justin, the Nationals, because you have young Juan Soto there, and there's going to be nothing around him. And I, well, that's the thing. I get they want to keep him so they have something to sell tickets for and jerseys, but they could have really gotten a lot. It's the same thing with Mike Trout. How do you quantify trading them? You know, you just kind of can't, but they should have tried. But that's this episode. That was the deadline. Let's see who pans out the most for their new teams, and we'll see what happens. So, Clark, when we get to more podcasts, where they listen to them. What now? I'm getting to it. Okay. You know the drill, Justin. Follow us on social media. It's been some time. Huh? It has been some time. But you guys know the drill. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on our social medias on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at SportsDevPod. That's Sports D-E-P-T Pod. Uh, I don't even know what we got coming up. Maybe a wrestling one soon. Some big wrestling news today. We're with slowly Byron. chipping away at the NFL uh, division previews. Yeah, that too. That too. We only did one so far, so more. Seven those. more. Seven <laughs> hours. Commercial free football. But now... Um, hockey's on the back burner now. Basketball trade, trade, um, not trade, draft has happened. Um, that's sort of getting on the back burner as well. So, basically, football, baseball, wrestling as always. Stay tuned to all that fun stuff, and we'll see you in the next episode.